Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. Your one-stop shop for all your soccer coverage in Greenville and the upstate. We want this show to be driven by you, so make sure you send us an email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody, to episode number 48 of Yeah, That Soccer Show, and we have a very special one for you today. It's game week for the Greenville Triumph, two years in the making all of the work, all of the off-season signing players, announcing the team name, announcing the team themselves, kit reveals, everything has led to this moment. And now it's time to watch the team in action. But what does this inaugural season look like for the team? Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit today. Uh, I'm going to go into some depth on a couple of pieces I wrote over at GVLsoccer.com. First, I'm going to talk about uh, the five bold predictions piece I made. I want to ex explain a little bit of my rationale and reasoning behind some of the bold predictions. And then on the backside of the program today, we're going to actually preview the match. First ever match in team history, first ever match in league history. The Greenville Triumph traveling down to Statesboro to take on South Georgia Tormenta FC and on Friday night. And we'll see what happens then I'm super pumped about it. But uh, without further ado, let's get into the prediction portion of the show today. So I made five bold predictions for the Greenville Triumph this season. Uh, I tried to be re reasonable and realistic, but also go big and try to try to think about things that I think are attainable uh, with every with every little prediction I made here. So the first one is that Dallas J and the back line for the Greenville Triumph will be responsible for at least 10 clean sheets this season. So there are going to be 28 games. So that's about a third, a little more than a third of the games they will hold the opponents to zero goals. Now, why did I, why did I make this assertion? Well, first off, I think that Greenville's strength is in their back line. Um, lots of great center backs back there. You've got Cole Seiler, you've got Kevin Pollitz, you've got Tyler Pollock, you've got Evan Lee. And last but not least, you have the man between the sticks. You've got Dallas J and you've got a good bit of depth back there at that, at those positions as well. The one thing that stands out to me the most is that three of those five, Evan Lee, Tyler Pollock, and Dallas Jay, all played together with Coach Harks up in Cincinnati a few years ago. There's a built-in chemistry already there amongst those guys, and I think that is going to go a long way as they go through the season, as they get ramped up into the season. They're not starting from scratch. It's not like these guys just met a few weeks ago and they've been training together. They have a history, and that history is going to contribute to them being the strength of the team early on. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to see potentially a Tyler Pollock being the captain for this team uh, 
potentially for the whole year. I think he's got the the age experience, the familiarity with Coach Harks, the familiar familiarity with some of the players. I, I think he's a strong candidate to wear the captain's armband. But I think the defense is going to be the strongest position on the field for Greenville. And I think that's going to be a, a place you see them really thrive. Um, there are some teams in the league who are very offensive heavy, uh, that have very strong forwards and attackers. But at the same time, I think there are a handful of teams that are going to be very defensive minded. They're not going to be trying to score as much. And when that happens, I think uh, you're going to see a lot of clean sheets coming from the triumph for some of those less powerful, less potent offensive attacks. And you may even see it uh, on Friday. I think uh, we'll get into the predictions here a little bit later, but I, I think there's a chance that we could shut out Tormenta. Uh, we'll just see. We'll see what happens. But the first, the first one, 10 shutouts for the team in 2019. Prediction number two, bold prediction number two, Jake Keegan will be the team's leading scorer with at least 17 goals. Now, that's a big number. Uh, 28 games, 17 goals. You're talking about scoring a goal, like two goals every three matches, essentially. Uh, I think it's very doable, but it's also a big, a, a high benchmark. The reason I think Keegan has the opportunity to do that, he is, uh, like we talked about when he was announced, his his highlight tape from his time in Ireland, he's hitting a lot of headers into the back of the net. Well, Tyler Pollock and Evan Lee are both guys who are going to push fairly high up the field at times out on the wings and look to cross balls into the box. They're both very proficient at that. And Keegan is great at taking those crosses and putting them in the back of the net. So I think you're going to see a lot of headers into the back of the net for goals for Keegan. I also think there's a strong potential that Jake is your penalty taker. That's going to be a an advantage there because any any goals you get, any penalty kicks you get, that's that's kind of just free free goals to add to your tally. So I think he's got a strong potential to be the penalty taker there. And uh, again, off of set pieces, corner kicks, uh, you know, a guy who's as proficient with his head as Jake is, I think you're going to think he's going to be a, a real proficient scorer. So I think he has a potential to, to score 17 goals this season. The third prediction I made, the Triumph will make at least at least one big acquisition via loan or signing by July. So the team's official roster currently is at 18. The league allows up to 30 people. I was told by uh, some executives on other teams in the league that most of the teams will probably land in the 22 to 25 range in terms of their roster. You know, the Triumph are very are, are well short of that at the moment with only 18 guys. Um in fact, you know, 18 is what you're going to put on your game day game day roster. So, you know, unless they've got some guys tucked away that they haven't announced yet, which could be the case, uh, I think you're going to see a handful of signings, probably a lot of depth pieces added on. But I do think as the USL championship season and the and Major League Soccer season ramps up a little bit more and guys kind of get sifted to the bottom of their respective rosters, I think there's going to be a lot of guys looking to either make a, a loan move or a just a flat-out transfer um, to find some more quality playing time. And that's what's great about this league is that's going to provide that for a lot of uh, very good professionals who have a lot of skill and a lot of talent. And I think the Triumph have the benefit of, one, having a small roster currently. They have a lot of space to add players. 
Uh, they probably have some budget to add players because of that. They also have the advantage of not being directly affiliated with either a USL championship or a major league soccer team. A lot of teams in our league are. And when you have those affiliations, one, yes, you have the benefit of, of having that direct pipeline, but two, you're a little bit hamstrung there to potentially having some exclusivity. Whereas the triumph don't, they can really go seek out players from any team anywhere in any of the domestic leagues, any of the world leagues. So I think you'll be, uh, I think the team has the potential to sign a, a starter, someone who will get some significant minutes for the team uh, may not happen until the summer, but I think there's potential. You could get at least a loan deal done sometime this spring and see, see at least one significant player added to the roster between now and the end of the season. The fourth big prediction I was making for the Greenville Triumph this year, I think the Triumph are going to average over 2,000 people per per match in attendance on average. Um, I think that is a big goal. I think if you look at the numbers that <clears throat> attended soccer matches for Greenville FC last year, I think it was somewhere, I think they were averaging somewhere in the 1,500 range probably. Uh Maybe maybe slightly less than that, but they also had a lot of midweek games. The great thing the Triumph have going for them, all their games are on the weekends. Um, it is another level up, which maybe has some appeal to some people. I think most people won't know a ton of the difference. Just the casual fan probably won't know enough to know, okay, this is professional. This is amateur semi-pro. But I think to some, that's going to make a big deal. I think the other side of it you got to look at is the Triumph have done such a good job of marketing. They've formed strategic partnerships with businesses in the area. Um, they obviously have good relationships with the Swamp Rabbits, with the Greenville Drive. I think that's going to help them in establishing a culture to be on equal playing foot with those two organizations. And, you know, the Drive have great attendance at their matches, uh, at their games. The the Swamp Rabbits, likewise, have great attendance at their games. So I think the Drive uh, have the potential. And, and you know what? I could be underestimating that with that number. Um, I think it's a good goal and probably a good baseline goal for the team. But I do think, uh, you know, the team's trying to push the sellout legacy for the first match. So let's see how many people show up next week. And I think that'll go a long way to determining if I've way undershot that number. But I don't think I've overshot. I think 2000 is a good, a good guesstimate on what this team has the capability to do for their average attendance this season. My fifth and final bold prediction for the team, the triumph will make the inaugural USL League One playoffs, but ultimately fall short of the title. So if you haven't been listening to League One Fun, the other podcast that I'm on with some guys covering the league as a whole, I made my predictions on Wednesday night of this week towards who I think is going to be in the playoffs. I think you're going to see Lansing. I think you're going to see Greenville. I think you're going to see uh, Tormenta FC and FC Tucson are my predictions for the playoffs. Ultimately, I think uh, Greenville gets in. I think they may even could could potentially have a one or two seed, which would have them hosting a game. That would be awesome. Um, but I think there's potential. It's a lot to ask a brand new organization to win a title in their first year of existence. And I would say the same thing about Lansing. I would say the same thing about Chattanooga Red Wolves. I would say the same thing about uh, Forward Madison. Any of these brand new teams just starting up, it's going to be hard for any of them to win a championship in their first year of existence. Uh, especially in that, now Greenville has the advantage of all those teams and having been the, been in existence and been announced the longest. Um, I know like Lansing, for example, didn't even get announced till like October, I think. And so they've, 
they've really had a short run up to this season. Now they've got a lot of talent on their team. Forward Madison obviously has the partnership with the with Minnesota United that could potentially help them. But I think uh, I think Greenville has a chance to to do something and to make the playoffs. And hey, you got to be top four, top four of ten. I think that there's a there's a, a really 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 high chance that Greenville's going to be there at the end of the season. Coach Harks has a track record of taking a brand new team and and leading them to success. Took FC Cincinnati to the third best record in the league their first year. So I mean, this team's fully capable of doing it. And I think with this being a, a brand new league. Most of the teams are going to be on fairly level footing, but I think you look at a team like Tormenta, you look at a team like Tucson, who are coming up from what is now League Two, bringing back a lot of their pieces, their their organizational pieces, their coaching pieces, some of their players. Um, I think there's going to be a lot to be said for the continuity that those teams have. And so ultimately, I think Tormenta, my, my pick to win the league this year is Tormenta, uh, but I'm, I certainly wouldn't be shocked if Greenville won. I think I told somebody I would just rather be I would rather look like an idiot for underestimating them than overestimating them. And I don't want to be a complete homer all the time. So that's my prediction for uh, how the triumph will finish this season. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from a couple of our sponsors. And then we will come back and talk about the game that is happening on Friday night. The first game in team and league history against South Georgia Tormenta. We're excited to continue our partnership with the Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville. If you have not been down to the Spice and Tea Exchange on Main Street, you need to head in there. They've got a wide array of spices, loose leaf teas, seasoning blends, sugar, salts, and so much more from all over the globe. You're encouraged to come in, explore the shop, open jars, smell them, make sure you're going to like what you're getting. It's great for people who like tea. It's great for people who love cooking. Their staff is incredibly knowledgeable. Hey, and mention you heard it on the podcast, and you'll get 15% off of your total purchase. The Spice and Tea Exchange of Greenville, partners of Yeah, That Soccer Show. Here at Yeah, That Soccer Show, we're always excited to tell you about our sponsors so that you can support them because they support us and we're able to bring you the shows thanks to all of their generosity. And that includes Brad Butchkowski of the Wonder Check Realty Group. You can find him on social media at Brad Butchkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I, or I am Brad B on Twitter. Or you can check out his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. That's Brad Butchkowski with the Wonder Check Realty Group. Welcome back to episode 48, where we are previewing the season and the very first matchup for the Greenville Triumph coming up on Friday. And now it's that time to look specifically at the game versus South Georgia Tormenta. Friday, March 29th, 7 p.m., can be seen on ESPN Plus here in the States. If you're listening to this podcast and you live out of the country, you can catch the game on YouTube. Uh, if you live here in the country, hey, you got to fork out the dough and get ESPN Plus. But I promise you, if you're a soccer fan, 100% worth it. Uh, you won't regret having that subscription, especially because you're going to be able to watch every League One game this season. There's going to be four of them this weekend, so you can catch that. This is the other thing that uh, we haven't talked about a lot, but the fact that there's only 10 teams in the league this season, that means if every team's playing on a given weekend, that's only five matches. Super easy to consume and keep up with the league as a whole this year. That's what I'm planning to do. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to have the access. And if you can't watch them live, you know, with ESPN Plus, you can go back and rewatch. Or, hey, if you go out to the Triumph game, if you're traveling down to 
Statesboro this weekend and you want to rewatch the game on, on the stream, check it out. See what it's like. Come back and watch it when you get back home. So here's some things to watch for this Friday night in the game. First things first, the triumphs formation and playing style. Uh, this is the question I get the most from people in Greenville and people outside of Greenville. Hey, what, what do you think triumphs going to look like when they take the field? Coach Harks has been known to run a 4-3-3 system, some version of it, whether it's a 4-3-3, a 4-2-3-1, a 4-3-2-1, something of the like. He he likes that formation. That's kind of what he ran at Cincinnati. But at the same time, I think he's more interested to get the right guys on the field and let the formation be dictated by that. I think that's a little bit of what you saw during the scrimmage versus App State when they came out in a 3-5-2 formation. Uh, that was not, it was unexpected from my part, but, uh, I think that's, I think that's kind of the thought process in that of like, let's get the best guys on the field and put them where they put them where they go. I do feel very confident. This team is going to be possession heavy. They want to, they want to get the ball at their feet. They want to drive the ball, build from the back. You're going to see a lot of that. I think you're going to see a lot of, like we talked about earlier, the wingers, Tyler Pollock, Evan Lee, getting up the field and looking to cross the ball into the box to Jake Keegan and Cameron Saul. If you haven't seen highlights of Cameron Saul just taking some shots from near midfield outside the 18, I mean, that guy can he can put it in the back of the net from a long way away. I think you're going to see at least one or two of those this season from him. Lots of fun things to, to keep an eye out for this year with the triumph. But I think on Friday, I'll be looking to see how they line up, how the, what the style looks like. Is this going to be a fun brand of soccer to watch? I think it will be, uh, but that's something that I'm interested to watch. Another thing I'm interested to watch for, we just talked about it, ESPN plus broadcast. Um, here's the thing with a league like this, you know, if you watch USL championship level matches on ESPN plus the quality of the broadcast, the quality of the, uh, commentary can vary from team to team. Interested to see what uh, the League One level looks like. I hope it's kind of up there with the USL Championship and less so like some of the NPSL broadcasts I watched last year. Uh, I think that I think there's going to be some standards that the League and, and ESPN will both have set that will help make it a very easily consumable product. It might vary a little bit here and there depending on where the match is being hosted from. Uh, we haven't heard anything necessarily about Greenville's broadcast. If if there's going to be who's going to be the broadcasters, who is calling the games, we haven't heard any announcement from the team about that. So that will be interesting to see next week to see who who will be able to listen to if you're not able to make it out to the game or if you're watching the replay, which is probably what I'll be doing most weeks. Uh, so that'll be fun to to figure that out next week. But for this week, I think just the overall presentation on ESPN plus is something I've got an eye out for. They do have, they have put up a league one USL league one button on ESPN plus so that you can find all of the league one games. It is, it has its own section. That's super cool. Um, and then the third thing I'm kind of keeping an eye out for is the level of play for the league as a whole. Um, you know, this is a new division. We have a division three. It is professional. Um, and I'm interested to see, is it going to be closer to USL championship level play in division two, or is it going to be closer to USL league two slash NPSL slash UPSL, some of the amateur semi-pro leagues in the country? My suspicion is based on the rosters of most of the teams and particularly Greenville, there's a lot of guys who have played in the USL championship 
I think I think it's going to be closer to that level than to an NPSL level team um, where it's mostly college guys. I think you're going to see a lot of a lot of really gifted and skilled players who maybe just haven't had the opportunity to break out or the or the playing time to be able to develop and show what they're made of. And now they're getting that opportunity here at the League One level. So I think that's going to be really fun to watch out for. A couple of players to keep an eye out to keep an eye on for Tormenta FC. Number 23, Chris Hellman is their striker. He is going to be the guy scoring a lot of goals for them. He's drafted by the Vancouver Whitecaps and has spent time uh, in the USL Championship with the Charlotte Independents and with USL League 2 with Des Moines Menace. Um, he's, he's gifted. He can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, but the guy that I'm really, really want to keep my eye out for is midfielder Ricardo Gomez, number 6, Native of Georgia, so he's a hometown boy. He has played a couple summers for the Myrtle Beach Mutiny. I actually got to see him a couple years back playing for the Mutiny uh, in 2017. And that season he was named All-Conference and one of the league's top prospects. I, uh, on League One Fun, he's kind of my dark horse pick for league MVP just because I think, you know, with my pick of Tormenta winning the league, I think if if they're going to win the league – Ricardo Gomez is going to have to have a breakout year, and he's fully capable of doing that. Um, so he's one to keep an eye out for on Friday. Uh, my prediction, it's time. We have made it to the end of the podcast. We've made it to the time to hear my prediction for the game. Uh, I have a couple of predictions before I give you my score. First, I think it's going to be a fairly even matchup. I think maybe it's a 1-1 match for most of the match. Maybe it's nil-nil for most of the match. But I think it's going to be fairly evenly matched, whether the scoreboard always looks that way or not. I also think there's going to be at least one controversial call, controversial tackle, controversial play, something that is going to contribute to this Tormenta triumph rivalry that the league is really pushing. I think something is probably going to happen. This is the first game. These guys are all amped up on adrenaline. Uh, for the first game in league history, they know they know the stakes, they know the pressure, and I think that's going to lead to something happening that's going to really fuel this rivalry going forward. Ultimately, I think possibly after a very evenly matched up match for the whole the whole ninety minutes, I think somewhere towards the end of the game, Greenville's going to pull out the victory. I have them as winning the game two to one. Um, but look, this is a game being that it's the first game of the season, it's really hard to know what's going to happen with any of the matchups happening this weekend. Um, particularly this one where I think the two teams are pretty evenly matched could go either way. Wouldn't be shocked if we split the points or even if we take a loss on the road to open the season, I definitely don't want that. Um, but at this point I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, ring the panic bells if it doesn't go our way in Statesboro. They got a lot going on this week. They broke ground on their new stadium. They've got the league's championship trophy down there. There's going to be a lot of eyeballs on this being that it's the first game in league history. I'm sure all the USL executives are down there. There's going to be a lot of hype. And so they're going to, their crowd's going to be raucous. They're doing those dollar student tickets, <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be a big crowd. If you're going down to the match and you have a student ID, if you're a student in any way, make sure you take advantage of the dollar ticket. Like that's a, that's a crazy good deal. Um, but I just think, I think Greenville has the manpower and the horses to, to pull this one out, especially for the first game of the season. I'm sure they've been training and 
working towards this, and it would be great to go down there and spoil the party for the ibises of Tormenta. Um, and so ultimately, that's how I think it goes. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Ultimately, we will see what happens. But uh, hey, thanks for tuning in to this preview, season preview, match preview for the Greenville Triumph this week. Make sure you're tuning in to ESPN Plus to catch the game. Hey, if you're not an ESPN Plus or, uh, subscriber, I would encourage you to head down to Growler House on the West End downtown. Uh, they are going to be showing the match. The Rhea River Riot is having a watch party. I think some of the folks from the team are going to be there. Obviously not players or coaches or anything like that, but I think there's going to be some folks from the team there. They're going to be doing some raffles at halftime, I think I saw. Um, so make sure you come out. I think you. I think if you're wearing Triumph gear or if you're a Rhea River Riot member, I think you get a certain percentage off on your, your bill, but uh, that should be fun. Uh, an awesome watch party for folks who aren't going to Statesboro. And if you're going to Statesboro, be safe. Travel safe, get back, and bring us back that W. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to episode 48. Uh, we will we will have a follow-up episode hopefully out by the end of the weekend where we break down the game and we talk about what happened. And hopefully we're, we're dissecting a big W for the boys in green and navy. All right. Without further ado, we will see you next time.